Get a little more out of watching NBA games with Daily Fantasy. Every LeBron James drive, Jokic rebound, or Steph Curry game winner means so much more when you're playing with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. All right, let's go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's been a while, man. How long has it been? Like three days? You can put that in the intro. Nice. Maybe a week, right? I feel like this happened last pod, too. Like, what? Wait, yeah, wait, 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 Man, game four just happened. What's wrong with Team USA? Will Scottie Pippen sit out this episode? And Lamar Odom is socially irresponsible. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Of course, I have the two hooligans again with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? My name is... Chloe Kardashian. Oh, <laughs> And John, how you living? My name is... What's good? I'm doing great. Nice, man. We just got done watching Suns versus Bucks. The Bucks came up on top. John, what did you think of this game? I had a buddy text me an image of, you know, do you remember back in the day they had those missing persons on those milk cartons? What? Mm-hmm. Yes. And somebody photoshopped Chris Paul on it. Bruh. I think that <laughs> illustrates perfectly what I think about game, game four. Right. So I got to put all the blame on Chris Paul at CP3. As much as I praised them in previous pods and giving him the credit for closing out the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, he didn't show up tonight. He shot horrible from the field. I think it was four from 13. He was a minus 10, I think is the highest on the Suns. Turnover in crunch time, not giving Booker the ball when he was the only guy, really the only threat, Mm -hmm. the only one producing efficiently and consistently for the Suns. So Chris Paul is 100% to blame, and I hope he no, in the press conference no. post game is probably happening right now. That he actually mans up, mans up, and says, "Hey, this loss is on me, and I'll do better," which I think he will. And I know JJ's gonna put some slander on Chris Paul's name, which is totally fine. But <laughs> he deserved. Let's be. I'll be real. He deserved it, and you know, to keep it as short and brief, it's a two-two series now, and game. It's the best of three, so. Game five is going to be electric, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Chris Paul came out with 10 points. Two of those points came in garbage time. So really a meaningful eight points for Chris Paul. JJ, what did you think of this game? When you think about game four, Suns versus Bucks 2021, people are going to think about what happened to the refs this game. Oh my Either God. if you're on the Bucks side or Suns side. The main thing that I noticed was when Booker had five fouls and he hugged Holiday, which was straight up a foul. Like, you cannot argue against that. And it was just terrible officiating throughout the whole game. And it was from, you know, affected both teams. So I guess you can't complain. What I'm just really asking for is just be consistent, refs. Excuse me. You're going to let them play physical, let them play physical. If you're going to be you know more tight on the calls because it's getting um a little more physical like teams are getting more tempered tantrum 
then yeah. you gotta call it. But you gotta be consistent. And I know we're gonna probably talk about this when we talk about the our Olympic team. But what's up with all these NBA players looking for fouls and complaining about fouls? It's like getting to a point where it's so like irritating. And I know that we mentioned this in the last pod, which is. We love basketball because not only of the finesse of the game, but the physicality of the game. Oh. And it's just like these new school players. And I don't know if it's like just like the new age of basketball, but just fishing for fouls. It's it's kind of weak and it shows not only today, but yeah. also in the international play. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I was noticing the same thing that there was, there's a lot of fishing for fouls. And then the times that there should be a foul called they don't call it like that Devin Booker one that you mentioned like he basically like clobbered him in the air Drew Holiday in the air and yeah it would have been his sixth foul but if the Suns ended up winning that game I mean we would be talking about that for at least the entire episode of this podcast I think about about the impact of Devin Booker staying on the floor and the person that I really want to give flowers to though is Giannis Antetokounmpo I mean, the man coming out uh, in this series, two 40-point games. This game, he gets 26 and 14 and a big-time block. An absolute big-time block against Aiton. Um, typically, Aiton jams at home, but Giannis Antetokounmpo came off of Booker and turned around, quick reflexes, and was able to, to block that shot. John, what did you think of Giannis Antetokounmpo? He's showing up. He's showing up when it matters, and <clears throat> we a lot of the cri- criticism around him was he's not able to take his team to the next level. Well, in the last two games, he's shown that he can do that. Can do Obviously, that? they still need to win two more to win the to win it all. But he's doing everything for his team. He's not only scoring, he's rebounding, he's playing elite defense, and he's not settling for jumpers, which. I don't know why he would ever thank do God. that because he's not a good jump shooter. Yeah, exactly. Thank <laughs> God. Nobody wants to watch it. Nobody. He's terrible at it. Bro. And Coach Bud is probably would lose his job if he just continued to shoot jumpers. So there's no reason for him to. And but you got to give him credit. He's the Greek freak and he's showing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also think that Chris Middleton had a solid performance. JJ, what did you see from Chris Middleton? We've said it again and again and again, which is. He's the closer, but that wasn't the case. He was actually pretty consistent throughout the whole game. Yes, sir. And it's kind of weird that Middleton and the Greek Freak had a stellar game, but no one was really confident that they would win. True. And I don't want to put any blame, but I don't know. Drew Holiday played a terrible game too, which is probably why it balanced out Chris Paul. Maybe that's why it was so close. Yeah. I'll say this. I'll say this. If Chris Middleton saves Team USA, I will I will admit <laughs> that all my analysis is, has been wrong from the beginning. If Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday turn Team USA around, man, I'll eat my words too because I've, I've spoken a lot of slander of both of those players. Um, I did say, though, on the last pod that, that I'm going to wait for the Bucks team to have a home game because I know that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, they play completely different when they're at home. And Chris Middleton is proving me right. Holiday is kind of proving me wrong because he's just been absolutely horrible this whole series. I think we're waiting for the for the Drew Holiday game to come. 
I guess if you're a Bucks fan, you could feel good that Drew Holiday hasn't shown up yet. But I think the biggest question out of the series is where did CP3 go this game and last game? What are they doing differently to stop CP3? Have you guys seen anything unusual or different about CP3's performance the last two games? I think they're clogging um, the passing lanes a lot and they're forcing Chris Paul not to play his game. His game is to pick his spots, right? which is the high pick and roll. And then he goes towards his right and then he does his fadeaway jumper, which is pretty much unstoppable. But credit to Coach Bud, and you know, I kind of cringe when I say that because I don't usually like to give him props. I've never heard those words. Yeah, because maybe it's just luck. Actually, we'll just go back. No, no props. He's just lucky. I'm just kidding. But the the length of Middleton, Lopez, uh, Antetokounmpo, that plays a part of it. And when you play, when you have length, especially in in, in terms of strategy with the middle of the key and playing with your passing lanes it does affect your scorers who happens to be chris paul who happens to be on the shorter end of guards yeah i mean i want to ask uh, john here because you know he was already busting out the parade for for phoenix after game one he thought it was done it's over it's still calling game like what did you say sons and six Sons and six. Sons and six. You're still holding strong. I mean, come on. I, I, I can't. I can't reverse my prediction, or I can't change my prediction <laughs> now, right? I have to True. stick with it. I'm not going to be one of those guys. So yeah, I'm going to say sons and six. But I did want to make a comment about Chris Paul. You did ask what I think they're doing differently, or what, what we think they're what they're doing differently. The Bucks, and I don't. I think they're doing a little, a few things differently, but I think it's mostly on Chris Paul. They are, one thing is, Brooke Lopez isn't, anytime he's on Brooke Lopez or he sees Brooke Lopez in the pick and roll, he's going to attack and he's probably going to score. Right. A lot of, a lot of the times when he was stopped, the turnover at the end of the game, it was Giannis who was guarding him, who was, he went off the pick and roll and it was Giannis who reached and was able to swipe at the ball and knock it loose. So. I think they're they realize that Brooke Lopez cannot guard the pick and roll well, and they're trying to use different players to do that and take away his spots, like JJ was saying. True. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think um, I think it, this is gonna be a very interesting series. It's two two. I didn't think we would be here at two two. If I'm being quite honest, I think after the first two games, I was like, man, the Suns really have this in the bag. It might be a five game series. Hold up. But the Bucks are fighting back. And now we have game five just around the corner. Do we have any clarity on who has a hold of this series so far? What do you guys think? I'm so confused and... I think we all you know, are. <laughs> I'm not even confident in, in answering who I think is going to win. Like, right. it should be the Suns. Yeah. Right? I agree. It like, should be. If you have Booker going off tonight for 42 points, but then the rest of your team, they're like 10 points, 9 points. Ooh-wee. Crowder had 15. Ooh-wee. If Crowder has the second most points on your team, that's kind of a concern. Yeah. yeah. I agree, John. Well, has a whole I have series. to be... I still got to be arrogant with my prediction, right? Because I said Suns and Six, so... <laughs> 
confidently after game one. Yeah. So I, I, I'm still going to say the Suns in six. I think that what? their wins against the Bucks have been more impressive than the Bucks wins against the Suns, with the exception of game three. Honestly, game this game, the Suns should have won. Chris Paul had an, an atrocious game, a game that no player of his caliber should ever have. So mm-hmm. I think if that happens, if it, I don't think that's likely to happen in game five. And Booker's probably not going to play as well, but he'll still put up numbers. I think Aiton will play better at home. So um, I'm rolling with the Suns in game five, and I think they'll win by eight to 10 to 12 points. Yeah, I mean... You know, at, at the beginning of this series, I'm going to do exactly the opposite that John said. You know, I, I said that it's probably going to be the Suns. But after these last two games, I think I'm going to switch, man. What? I think I think the the injury to, to Saric is actually important. I think Giannis is having his way. I think it's harder to for them to, like, figure out what Giannis is doing. And I honestly think that the fact that campaign has regressed back to his G League days, it's a real big concern. What? It's a really big concern. I haven't seen a flash in the pan campaign game since the Clippers. And I'm being honest. So I don't know if I really believe in the Suns right now. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm going to say Bucks in seven. And... The one thing that I loved about this last game, actually, this game that we just watched, that showed the total mentality of the Bucks, was that at the end of the game, they had a three-on-one fast break, and no one ran to the three-point line. I don't think I've seen that in today's era, that kind of mentality, like go to the cup in so long. Anyway, I'm gonna move on from this topic. We have some other things to talk about. Team USA. Huge topic right now. Right now, they're one and two. They had a game today. They just beat Argentina. Good job for beating for beating Facundo Campazzo and, <laughs> and whoever else is on that team. But they lost to Nigeria and Australia. What? Guys, what is wrong with this team? JJ. Well, we always talk about what makes a championship caliber team or successful team you need to have three elements it's defense right which team usa does not have but team usa they usually you know slack off on the defensive end with the exception of kobe's olympic team so we could make that slide the other is chemistry which is i think huge in the international play you have Spain, Argentina, Nigeria, Australia. These teams have been playing together for a while. They know where to cut, how to cut, who's going to take coup on defense, help rotation. And it's kind of weird to see that this heavily talented USA team kind of have not only close games, but they also get beat. And Stephen A. Smith even commented like, you shouldn't need your best to win gold, which I really agree with. Yeah, I would I would agree with him too, and I don't agree with him very often. John, what do you think is wrong with Team USA? JJ, I just want to say JJ stole my idea, so it's going to definitely look like I'm stealing from his take right now. 
but I promise you I'm not. I'm so he makes a great he makes a great point actually. In all seriousness, chemistry is huge when it comes to I think just international basketball. And these guys are playing with each other for the first time. They've never practiced with each other, so that's a huge factor. Yeah. And in previous years. The way to counter a lack of chemistry is by just stacking the talent. Yes. Having guys that are top five, top six in the league. Like 2008, 2012, you had Kobe, LeBron, Wade, Durant. Good reference. These are these are some of the best players from our gener like the new generation, uh, Gen Zs, and even our generation. So that's. A huge counter if you have a if you have a lack of chemistry. But for this year, 2021, we don't really have that, with the exception of KD and 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 Damian Lillard, right? You have guys that are kind of on that cusp of between All Star and Superstar. But I would never, I wouldn't call anybody else on this team other than KD and Damian Lillard a superstar. Um, so for me, it's it's gonna be interesting to see if Team Team USA can pull it out. I'm not gonna count them out they have Popovich as a coach they still have time so we'll see but I'm I'm again I'm concerned like I said in previous pods yes, sir. about how I think they're going to do against this different competition and it's kind of showing in these exhibition games so far like to add on to your point too you know 2004 when um when they had Iverson and this very heavily starts you know heavily star talented team it wasn't the ta- it wasn't the talent I think it was the issue like let me rephrase that it's it's the type of talent baby baby right like and June hopefully you could expand on this but when I say type of talent you need players to know their roles you yeah. can't have five people that play like Mello four people exactly. that play like Kobe you need you know people who could board people who could play defense People who are scorers and so on and so forth. But go ahead. Yeah, you need you need guys to complement each other. Yeah, I think that's what ultimately it boils down to is that Team USA doesn't have a lot of complementing players. I mean, even when you look at the point guard position, I mean, you look at Damian Lillard. He's like a new, like a new age point guard. He's a first shoot, like shoot first point yes, guard. He's not a facilitator. He's not like a CP3 type, and. I told this to you guys. We had like this conversation kind of off flex. I I said, dude, look at this roster. I'm kind of worried because which out of these players are you going to get 10 assists from? Because that's the type of player that you're going to need to kind of mold all these superstars together. I mean, you look at Australia. This is their starting lineup. Everyone knows their roles, right? Della Della Vadova, (laughs) Joe Ingles, Patty Mills, some dude named Jock Landon, and Aaron Baines. What? But the thing is, is that they all know their roles. They know what they're supposed to do. We have superstars who are literally, they are the lead singer for for all of their teams. And I think Chris Rock said it best, like in any relationship, like you gotta, you gotta be able to be the lead singer sometimes. And sometimes you gotta play the tambourine. But either way, it, you got to do those things well. Yes, sir. Right? And we don't yeah. have any tambourine players on this team, man. None. And when and when Draymond Green, no slander on his skills, but when he's your best passer, 
your team's going to have issues. He should not be your best passer True. on a team. He should right? be a... He's one. He's a compliment. He's a great passer, but he shouldn't be your best assist man. He shouldn't be the guy distributing the ball. It should be a point guard. Yeah, I agree. And to like bring my point kind of all the way back around, you guys really lost to Della Vadova, Ingles, Patty Mills, and Aaron Baines. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, come on, man. Like that is crazy. That is crazy, Coach Popovich. Like you gotta. You gotta bring this group together somehow. I hope this is all a teaching lesson, right? Because who was right. who was a coach for Team USA or for um, the Dream Team that lost that scrimmage? Chuck on Daly. Chuck, Chuck Daly. Daly. That's right. Chuck Daly. I hope this is a Chuck Daly move, man. Because because what did he do that game? He what he only played like Jordan like twenty minutes. He always played Something Jordan. Like that. Yeah, he played Jordan Limited, and then he knew that the weakest spot on the Dream Team was speed and point guard play. Got it. So they had like the likes of Bobby Hurley for oh. my Duke fans out there. I don't know if you remember him, but yes, that dude doesn't didn't even play in the NBA. Yeah, I I do think Popovich is the right guy for the job because he's one guy that knows he doesn't. He's not big on isolation basketball and any Spurs team, any roster that he's had, right. it's all about movement. Mm -hmm. And he knows, and honestly, that is the key to win an international basketball. There's Isolation basketball may work in America, but it's not going to work internationally during the Olympics. Yeah. I'm One thing that I want to bring up quickly, I think JJ shared this little tidbit on our like text feed. But apparently, multiple players um, from like Jason Tatum to Bradley Beal, I guess they've been staring down officials for for no calls that they're used to getting for like I guess these touch fouls in the NBA. Do you guys think this is true? Excuse me. I haven't seen it personally. Me. I've been locked in on the NBA finals, but what do you guys think of this? I've seen a few clips of Draymond Green yelling at the refs, but <laughs> Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> that's just Draymond. Yeah, just yeah, Draymond but, then, but exactly. But Draymond Green always <laughs> yells at the refs, so there's nothing that didn't really didn't uh, give me any information I didn't already know. No, there were a few guys that were looking at the refs after kind of body touch fouls and things that would normally get called in the NBA. But you can't just sit there waiting for a call or expecting a call. This is international basketball the rules are a little different they play differently way different and you just got to play through the contact and that's in any league right in any league where there's professional rec junior any country they always teach you to play through the contact continue to play and play if they don't make the call if they don't make the foul then but that shouldn't that's okay that's fine it can be they may be wrong but you should not can stop playing the game that's the bottom line so they need to just try to get that out of their head and play through the contact it's kind of a derivative of this newer generation where they're brought up with AAU it's like yeah. like club basketball where during the 90s and early 2000s when you wanted to play a game, you either played for the school, you played for intramurals, or we all, all three of us know this because it's near and dear to us, which is you go to your local school, your local park, 
And you yeah. don't shoot free throws at your local school or park or pickup game, right, guys? Yeah, Rucker. Nope. Rucker you gotta. Park, man. When you go up for a shot, you gotta make sure that you're trying your best to make the shot. And that seems like common sense, but what I mean by that is, you don't go up for a shot and then you look for a foul. Holla, holla. Yeah. Because you don't shoot free throws, you just gotta make it, or else you stop back on top of the key. And for those that don't play much street ball or remember playing street ball, defense is a lot more tough, a lot more physical, and they're not just gonna give you an easy layup. So I hope the USA team, I mean, I was just thinking about it today. I was contemplating it. You know how like international play, they bend their rules to make it more fit in terms of the NBA's rule guide. Right. Maybe yeah. this is something that the NBA should look into, which is, hey, refs, you know, since the NBA, the product is the minimizing or, you know, it's becoming lesser quality content because of it's not as aggressive or not as quote-unquote hardcore as the 90s look at international play let them play through the fouls let them talk trash let them be who they are yeah i mean i completely agree i think i actually kind of like this because maybe it'll make this new generation of of nba players tougher but anyway moving on we're gonna talk about our man scotty pippen making it back to another episode on the clinic apparently he is using Airbnb for his mansion for Olympic watch parties. According to TMZ, we're told that Scotty's home features an indoor basketball court and outdoor, and he has an arcade and also a really sweet pool. Pippin's place also promises a stacked kitchen filled with fresh fruits, veggies, and Scotty's favorite pregame and game time meals, which I guess is steak and potatoes is one of the examples and it only costs 92 dollars a night what man what do you guys think of this jj what do you think of scotty's uh new new and b venture dude 92 dollars that's a steal and you get to <laughs> play in his arcade you could play ball in his court but yo you you're gonna tell tmc that you're having an airbnb offer and not even put up at a market your uh your room and your fifty dollar popcorn. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Is that what's included in the kitchen? It's Come on, husk. man. <laughs> yeah, and ninety-two dollars, like my home, I'm not gonna just rent it out to anybody, but if that was the place that my ex wife maybe loved, oh. maybe there's Ooh. a part of me that wants to trash it too. True. So, props, Scotty. That's props. an angle I did not think of, because ninety-two dollars, that's like that's not quite like the upper class demographic that you would think that he would attract. John, what do you think of this? Yeah, this is this this got to be a scam or something. Ninety two dollars a night. Have you guys seen <laughs> what you can get for ninety two dollars a night on Airbnb Bruh. in any state? True. Or any country? It. I mean, they must probably have to. There's a a waiver or disclaimer that's saying that you have to drink my rum and it's beyond <laughs> trash or something. You gotta sign it's like a five worst. year contract to his rum. Yeah, and his popcorn that is overpriced by sixty dollars. I don't know, man. It's it's uh it's interest. It actually piques my interest because ninety two dollars a night is pretty cheap, and so I would love to know more about this, but. 
TMZ, let's, I mean, even though they are kind of accurate with a lot of news stories that come out, they are, it, it, let's be real, it is trash news reporting, right? So we'll see how, what kind of the veracity and how legitimate this this is. Maybe it's from, like JJ said, maybe it's somebody else or the, his wife, who knows? Or is, is it, are they ex-wife? I think I don't know. Swipe. We should ask future. Hold up. I think so, Tank. Oh, <laughs> damn, shots fired. Shots fired. I'm just playing. Shots hey, fired. I'm on the Airbnb. I'm on the Airbnb site, and it is uh, it is true. It's true. Bucks, dude. Ninety-two that's, bucks. That's two oh, twelve-packs of husk. So I guess I know what we're, I guess I know what the three of us are doing this pat this coming weekend. Then let's right? go, dude. We're watching Olympic Olympic basketball. We're watching we're watching Kevin Durant get blocked by some dude named Precious. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar. So the, our next story, the one that we're gonna conclude on, dude. I guess Lamar Odom was on Instagram. He must have been drinking something good, maybe some of Scottie Pippen stuff, but. Apparently, he went on Khloe Kardashian's posts, and he typed hottie with an inordinate amount of emojis afterwards, including, you know, heart emojis, fire, what? smiley emojis. And as we all know, Khloe Kardashian is taken. She's a taken woman by Tristan Thompson. And Tristan Thompson clapped back. And said, God brought you back the first time. If you want to play, different results. Hold up. John, what do you think of this whole interaction between, I guess, Khloe Kardashian, Lamar Odom, and Tristan Thompson? Hey there. So, don't judge me for this, but I actually, I think they split up. Khloe and Tristan, and don't ask me why I know that, but I... It's mostly because of my fiance, probably. Do they really? Why I know that. Right. I, I don't think they're. Yeah, I don't think they're together anymore. True. Because oh. of Tristan's infidelity, but we can you can edit that out or do whatever what? you want with it. The but plot is thickening, I, though. The plot is thickening. Sorry. So, I listen. I'm a Laker fan. Lamar Odom actually has a special place in my basketball heart because. He was a part of those two rings, 2009, 2010. And so I love him, man. I when I heard that he was on his deathbed or he was he's like he's like the Aussie, he's like the black Aussie Osborne. Nobody can understand how he survived what he survived. So I don't know. He didn't really yeah. He went through some tough times and the tough times were with when when he was with Khloe Kardashian. I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying I think they're they're kind of related in terms of what he was going through. So I don't. But again, maybe he had a special relationship with her. Maybe he realized he messed it up. Kind of like how back in JJ in high school, he he missed the love of his life, and he's really really sad. You wanna know and something? he's he realized he made a mistake back in the day. But Bruh. you know, it's it's kind of like like that. So I'm not gonna hate on him for doing what he's trying to do, but. Again, he would. That was the rough time in his life, so I think he should just tread softly. JJ, what do you think of this whole interaction? I mean, I think Tristan Thomas should shut the hell up if 
he cheated on her like 30 times. Yes, sir. Number one. <laughs> and number two, like, if a dude's gonna compliment on True. your your wife or your girlfriend or whoever you're dating, don't give that dude the attention that he doesn't deserve. Oh, wait. You know, like, Jay Z had always, there's this line that I love from Jay Z. It's, you know, jealousy is a blank trait. Just put whatever insult you want to put there. <laughs> but yeah, don't be jealous. <laughs> like, if someone is calling your girl beautiful or cute, you know who they're coming home to. There's no need to flex on that dude. Yeah. That's true. Also, don't don't show that you're having like a moment of weakness or like insecurity. Like these are just like these are just like healthy rules. Like if you're like a young man like listening to this pod right now, don't like listen to JJ. Yeah. This is great advice. Do not give in to that. Like definitely do not give in to that noise. And it's kind of a low-key compliment oh. too. If that's the if that's your girl, right? And that's that's the one that you got. Have confidence in that. But anyway, that's actually all that we have for t- for tonight's episode. JJ, of course, thank you for being on, my friend. Thank you everybody for listening. Let's go NBA. Let's go USA Olympics. John, thank you for being on. Scotty doesn't know. Thank you guys. <laughs> And of course, shout out to the video producer, RJ. And of course, I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-MBA Podcast. Find us wherever you get your podcast.